0: Welcome to Simply Why, a podcast about money and purpose, where we pull back the curtain on running a financial advisory business focused on providing intentional advice to couples and families. I'm Dennis Morton.
1: And I'm Katie Brown. Welcome back, and thanks for tuning in.
0: Welcome back to Simply Why podcast. Katie, you're back from vacation. How was it?
1: I had a lovely vacation. I got to go back to my home state of Michigan and see family and spend a lot of time on the water and out on trails and on volleyball courts and family baseball games. Tons of fun.
0: Where on the mitten were you?
1: Very top of the mitten this time. So I grew up in southwestern Michigan in Holland, kind of across the lake from Chicago. But for this particular trip, we all met right at the top of the mitten in Sheboygan and spent a day on Mackinac Island. And you know what I loved? there was like no humidity. I mean, it was warm temperatures, but it was crisp in the morning.
0: Yeah, having never been on the mitten myself, I I can't vouch (laughs) for that, but how about, uh, we took our team out in a little bit of humidity, so everybody's back. The whole Morton Brown team was together probably for the first time in a while because of vacations and everything, but we did our team day outside, a little humid when we decided to go for a hike to start the day.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad we did though. I mean, I, I love that getting outside and kind of getting the energy and the mental energy and conversation flowing in a, a different way without the distraction. It was it was really great to spend the day with the team.
0: Yeah. It was a day to do some strategic planning and we just had a conversation while we're walking out in nature. And some of it comes back to the ways that we're creating a client experience. And Katie, the, the topic we wanted to cover today is one of the most it's popped up so frequently mm-hmm. in recent months. This idea of enough. Do I have enough? Can I do the things I want to do financially because my resources are sufficient? This is not something that comes easily to people. What are some of the challenges with people facing down? Do I have enough in this concept of sufficient?
1: Yeah, you're right. This is definitely a, a huge challenge that everyone faces at, at some point in some way. And it's challenging for us as advisors because we can't answer that question.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: We, we can we can help get part of the way there, but we don't have a solid answer for the enough because so much of it and what brings on the challenges is that mindset. It's the confidence that goes along with the numbers. And at some point, we have to find out where that cross section is to where there is enough but it's internalized as enough as well.
0: Yes. And enough is something, it happens inside of you, and it happens in a different way than it does your neighbor, your coworker, or even your spouse. Mm -hmm. We were talking the other day, you had this idea of even these buckets of enough. For some people, enough of this is sufficient, but I need more of that, Mm -hmm. and it might be the opposite for for other people. Can you explain that a little bit?
1: And actually, in this case, I'm going to use myself personally and, and how... I think about enough or areas where I want more. So there's a, there's a financial element to it, but there are certain things that that my husband and I, like they are just not high on our list. We could, for the most part, kind of care less about the cars that we drive. There are a lot of things that we feel as if we have enough. We don't aspire to add more different types of things, How does technology, et cetera, like that stuff is fine where I struggle personally is in experiences. In the challenge with enough, there's two components of it. It's yourself and what you think is enough for you and your family, kind of the the internal piece, but then there's the external piece of comparison. Mm -hmm. And so when I hear somebody has this awesome experience, I'm like, oh, I want to do that with me and my family. That's a bucket that I, I have challenging conversations, even with my husband, where he has to remind me, like, calm down, enjoy the moment, enjoy the place that we're at, we don't have to do all the things. So certain areas, I think people can feel really comfortable and confident, but there's always going to be an aspiration somewhere. And so it's it's balancing that out. And for us, it's also figuring out how the money and the resources and everything else help to support those buckets.
0: Yeah, and, and comparison is the enemy. I just have this visual of Someone's sitting there going through all of their finances and understanding that they have enough money, they can retire, they can do the things they want to do, and everything's fine. Then they throw open the doors and see everyone else. Mm-hmm. And suddenly, I don't have as much as that person or as many experiences as that one. And and the comparison creeps in and it's it's insidious. It just really um, can can create a lot of anxiety when it's not necessary. And comparison takes different forms. There's also comparison to benchmarks or to high watermarks. We're always really careful about that. So I'll share a conversation I had with a client recently where he's thinking about some changes, maybe professional changes, looking out to the long term and some planning that we had done a couple of years ago. And he sent over a copy of the projections that we had done, which showed very nice financial security 40 years down the line. We're talking a 40-year time horizon. And things get fuzzy when you start projecting out that far, but things looked fine. And in the correspondence, he said, now it looks like we're a little behind on our projections based on where they were at the end of 2021. Remember the end of 2021 was the year that everything went up. And last year, everything went down for the most part. So I pulled up his most recent projections and on a projected seven figure estate, he was off by something like two or 3% from there. And I think, okay if you're comparing yourself constantly to the high watermark, you're setting yourself up for failure. So that idea of enough isn't just having the most, it really is something that you've decided this is sufficient for me.
1: Well, and if you're always looking at the high watermark, that's constantly changing too, because it's going to ebb and flow. Mm -hmm. And I think that's one of the challenges too. While there needs to be flexibility in the plans and finances we can't predict anything, yeah. really. <laughs> I mean, we we know certain trends, and we have confidence that assets will grow over time, etc. But we can't predict in any sort of fashion, what's going to happen in somebody's financial life, because life happens. But if you're constantly looking at that next high watermark, then you're right, you are going to be disappointed. So I think it's finding a range that's comfortable. I think similarly with some conversations that I have with clients and planning conversations, and they talk about, can I buy this second residence? Can I help provide a down payment for my child's first home, et cetera? What is that going to do to me in our financial picture? And you're right, when you project those out, sometimes what we look at is, you can do those things. There may be an impact to the legacy aspect, Mm -hmm. but it's probably not going to change your ability to retire successfully to live the life that you want to live. And I think there's a huge range between how much do you need to live the life that you want to live? And then what could potentially be there? And I think sometimes when you look at that graph to say, okay, we have all this room to work with. Now show me where enough is. Yes. Where you feel like you're supported.
0: Yeah. Maybe you spent more on lifestyle and the things that are meaningful for you and your family. And it moves the, the numbers down years from now. Just because it's less doesn't mean it's not enough. Right. And that's where I think in our role as advisors, we can coach through. So in the case of the client that I was talking to, I said, it seems we need to have a conversation about how you're using your money, because if you want to die with the biggest pile, Mm -hmm. maybe that's not a healthy way to go through there. You're going to be fine, but let's figure out what what the implications are for having enough in the time between.
1: Yeah. And even one of the comments that you said a little while ago, um, the comparison piece of it, I think that's a challenge too. You know, Sometimes I wish I could help to put on blinders. For um, some of our clients and ourselves on occasion to be like, okay, I need to just focus on here and now and what this, this means internally. Because once you start letting in those external elements of it, a couple of different things are going to happen. One is you might compare yourself unfairly to somebody else, And quite honestly, you have no idea what's happening in their life. Nobody ever knows what is happening, the entire financial picture. And there are a lot of assumptions that can be made. That's a dangerous place to let too much of influence come in from things that you see around you. But then the other piece of it is once you start letting in some of those external things, and we talk about this often, like the idea of like turning off the news, Mm -hmm. because you can hear great strategies, great products, great everything else is going to make you all this money, et cetera. But whoever that is in that commercial, on that show, on that news, whatever, they have no idea what's happening in your own personal life. And so to try to apply that to my enough and your enough, it's an unfair and challenging exercise.
0: Yeah. And there's a very practical element. I'm glad you bring that up because when we work through the planning process and thinking through all of those scenarios... That's an important epiphany for people. Okay, if if this happens, I'm going to be fine. We can make different decisions, change as we need to. Then it turns to the investing question. Mm -hmm. And once you realize that you have enough, you can go one of two ways. If you're sitting there looking at my balance between stocks and bonds, risk and return, all of those things. If you have enough, maybe you would want to dial back your risk. You don't need to seek outsized returns and you don't want the volatility and you get more conservative. Now you have to recognize you might be leaving some returns on the table, but you'll be able to sleep better at night. Mm -hmm. On the other side, if you have enough, you could say, I can tolerate the volatility. This is all longer term money and I can seek more returns, but just be comfortable with which one you've chosen. So that if you choose to be more conservative because you have enough and somebody comes on the television telling you, you need to increase your stock allocation, ignore them because that's not what you've chosen to do. And part of our job is to remind clients of that. We chose to be more conservative here because you didn't need to go out and take on extraordinary risk anymore.
1: I love the line too, the best plan for you and your family is the one that you can stick with. Yes. Because if you try to switch back and forth between those two, that's where you derail both of them. And you don't sleep well at night.
0: (laughs) Yes. There was an article in the Wall Street Journal earlier this week about what a $5 million retirement looks like. And it's something like 0.1% of of Americans or retirees have, very small percentage, have $5 million in savings. But even with $5 million, they're not immune to concerns and fears. And you still see behavior showing up, like being very frugal. Can we spend, even if the market knocked our portfolio down 10% last year, do we need to cut back a lot? And so I say that because if you're wondering whether you have enough and whether more money is going to solve for that, it doesn't. It's an internal thing. It's not driven by what your account statement says.
1: I'm so happy you brought that up. Because in conversations that I've had with clients, that is often one of the biggest surprises Mm -hmm. where they may assume, well, if I had this much money, then I'd feel more confident. I'd feel more comfortable. Whereas all the way up the chain, and we work with some families that are in the $10 million plus range and beyond, and some of them still struggle with that internal question of enough. Mm -hmm. What is enough? And I think sometimes the challenge is as the numbers get bigger, so do the swings, and part of it is looking at what's happening today and projecting that out into the future for good or bad. And that's, that's a tricky trap to get caught in as well. Right. But recognizing that, once again, that the concept of enough, it has to be internal first. And even on the other side, we have clients that have far less than that. And they are as happy as can be in retirement. And they are confident that they know their resources can support them. And if something were to happen, they know what levers they can pull, they know what they can do to make sure they stay on track. I think it's really important to recognize both sides.
0: Yeah, and some of it has to do with where people are today, but a lot of it has to do with where they came from, this idea of enough, like how how big is that hole you feel you need to fill based on your life experience with money, how you were raised, all of those things. I'm gonna share a funny Gina story, my wife Gina, wonderful wife and mother, not a great waitress. I'll I'll tell you why. She. so gr- growing up, she, she took a job as a, as a waitress uh, at, a, at a golf club, and some of the golfers ordered wings and beer after they come in. Now, after a long round of golf in the summer, usually you don't just have a couple of wings and one beer, but she brought them wings, brought each of them a beer, and walked away and never came back to them at all. She's like, well, you wanted wings and you got a beer. There they are. And they were kind of upset because she just didn't even bother. To her, that was enough. That That's all That's all you need. <laughs> Apparently not. So she didn't last long as, as a waitress. She found her other, her other callings. But I think sometimes we we make assumptions about what's enough for other people, what's enough for us. And we, we don't always have that sensibility. And, and we assume, like you said, if we were to look at somebody's bank statements and we had full x-ray vision onto their life, you might be amazed at how much they have and also amazed at how much anxiety they feel. You've shared in the past some of your family experiences and what it was like growing up and everything. Mm-hmm. I think for me, this idea of enough has a lot to do with time. You talk about experiences, mm-hmm. minus time. I feel like, is there enough time to get everything done? Am I playing catch up? You know, I started in this career a little bit later on, You know, in my late 20s, early 30s. And th- this idea of, have I done enough? And is, am I caught up enough? And all of those things, it's all comparison. And, and you really have to to step back and be conscious of that. And part of our job is, as coaches is to recognize where we see it in ourselves and where it's showing up in conversations with clients.
1: Yes. I, I would even actually challenge when, when you said a lot of it comes from experiences from our youth, from growing up, et cetera. I think most of the way we think about money and enough comes from and, and it could be a variety of different things. Uh, but, but I think a lot of it does come from our informative years, or most of it comes from our informative years. What was the feeling in your household regarding finances? How much of it was talked about, not talked about? I'm going to give the example of when I was growing up, my parents are small business owners. They had a, a shipping business. So they did a like UPS, FedEx, DHL. They shipped a bunch of things. They also did Western Union, and they would do Western Union transfers, And where I grew up in Michigan, there was a a large population that had migrated from Mexico. And a lot of people would come in, they had saved through their work, and they they were sending money back down to their family in Mexico. And for them, I knew there wasn't a lot there, but it was enough for them and to share with others. Mm -hmm. I did not come from wealth. There was a lot of hard work to, to get all four of us kids through college and my parents to live comfortably and enough in retirement. But I think there was always that that spectrum of you can have enough at all different levels.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And there's there's always ways to tweak what you're doing in your own personal financial life to make sure that there is enough for you and your family.
0: I think that's that's a great perspective to put on it because it, it affects our parenting. It affects, we talk a lot with our clients about what legacy they leave financially. Mm-hmm. And I don't think it's ever too late to to have that conversation and even change it if, and to recognize, I know that we've kind of ebbed and flowed in our conversations with money around our kids, but I have one daughter who is nine years old and has concerns about the banking system. So she really doesn't trust banks. I don't know where that came from. So, I mean, there, there are things that kind of are in our youth that we learn and we, we pick up on, but having those conversations about in multi-generations, what does it mean to have enough in our family? How do we think about it? Talking openly. I think that would be a really interesting thing to bring into the multi-generational family conversation too.
1: Yes. And it is interesting how you can see differences from generation to generation, mm-hmm. but also siblings to siblings. My idea of my buckets, what's filled enough, what's not filled enough. It's very different from what I see within my my brothers and my sister and, and how they approach things as well. So it is interesting how, you know, you talk about those little, those small T traumas, and I'm, I'm not going to even, I'm not talking about it necessarily in a negative way, but those individual life experiences that we all have and how that gets internalized different ways mm-hmm. and even with the same experience, how it can be internalized different ways. So it is it is so individualized and, and I think that's the threat. you have to remember that that enough conversation is you individually. it's not the comparison outside, it's not the external.
0: And when you're not comfortable with the idea of having enough and it's not there, it shows up in emotion. It shows up in the form of fear or jealousy, or which in the end, you start thinking of like, what if X happens? And you, you just constantly are, are concerned. You go down that punch list of all the things that could happen. And have I thought of all the risk? And that that shows up. It also shows up in relationships. What does it mean for the people around you if you're always looking for more and never have a sense of enough? Mm-hmm. And, and it can be taxing, I mean, that, that could cause you to work longer than you necessarily need to or not spend on experiences or, or not not utilize your resources. And and that can impact your relationships. It's a, enough can create an, an emotional or scarcity that the opposite of enough mm-hmm. can create an emotional reaction that shows up even in your portfolio. If you're trying to constantly chase after things like you said before, chasing, that's that's an emotional response that can be the enemy of financial security.
1: I do think it is one of our jobs as advisors when we're working with couples to really spend time getting to know them as much as possible and understand what their sense of enough is and how that may differ and and where those stress points come in. Because you're right, it shows up in relationships and finances are such a tough, tough piece in a relationship can be a huge stressor. And so the degree that, that we can help create that common language or find that common ground, or even address specific concerns in a place where it helps to bring them on the same page.
0: And I, I'm even thinking in terms of when you're sitting across from a, from a couple, everyone has their contribution that they're making into the pool. Everyone's doing something in this relationship. And if one person is comfortable with their contribution to this idea of enough, and the other one's still insecure about their contribution then that can create a dynamic one might be like i'm fine right here and the other one feels like i need to keep going that much further and reconciling those two things i do think it's an important conversation
1: yeah, because you're right it shows up it shows up in your daily life it shows up in the big decisions too that goes beyond the, the dollars and cents
0: very true so the takeaways from today are this idea of enough, it's an internal concept. It's something unique to you. It's something to work through with your advisory team. And then from there, it turns into a much more positive relationship with your money, your actions, your relationships, and everyone around you.
1: Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Simply Why, a podcast about money and purpose. We hope you enjoy getting to know us, how we approach leading a financial advisory practice, and the work we do every day to help families and couples make important financial decisions.
0: Morton Brown Family Wealth is an SEC registered investment advisor. This podcast is designed for educational and informational purposes and not intended as investment advice. More information can be found at www.mortonbrownfw.com.